You are now tuned into the Antidote Podcast with DJ Graphmatic and Paulie Dance. Subscribe now and please consider leaving us a 5-star review. Take the Antidote. here and, and get into this top 11 that you got here um so we'll just start at the bottom and you know most of the hip-hop is in the top 10 yeah most so of the, most of the hip-hop is there because yeah. i i really think 
for hip hop, it was kind of a soft year. Right. Um, In a sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's only 15, you got like 50 albums here, but only 15 are like hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Something like that, but uh, something like that. Yeah. But the the best albums were definitely hip hop albums. Um, But it was start number 11 Schoolboy Q crash talk. Yeah, um, it was. We talked about top ten. I, I had to at least get this one in there because uh, Crash Talk to me is the reincarnation of Schoolboy, at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. of what Schoolboy started out to do with habits and contradictions. And then he, you know, he kind of fell off a little bit. I wasn't a fan as much. They were good albums, but they weren't as good as I thought he started out as with the two albums in between this one and the ones before. Um, I feel like he, he stepped back into that category as, you know, and he, he's like the, the new version of, um, I wouldn't, I'm trying to think of like, who's a, who's an old school rapper that you could put into that conversation that he kind of reminds me of. He kind of reminds me of um, a mixture of cube and like easy E like, okay. I don't know. It's something about it's something about that that grittiness, that tone, and then his voice and how he carries everything. Um, Crash Talk really was legit one of those, just one of those albums that you had to have this year that got multiple plays. Uh, Water was one of my favorite songs of the year, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably play that one all the time. I got that water. Yeah, I got that water. That was actually on one of my mixes that was on the show from earlier this year. So, um, yeah, Schoolboy Q crash talk, man. Um, there, there's not a lot I can say. I just think that he's stepping into why TDE was where it was and, and still pretty much is. I mean, was Dreamville the, came for him. Was that the only TDE, uh, release of the year? I guess, sir. Dropped it's one. not sir. Sir, dropped sir reason. Um, okay. I think those were the only ones that, that dropped this year, Sir Reason. But those were, I don't know if those were really albums or like EPs or whatever. Sirs was Sirs was a full one and I think Reason was a full one as well. I know Sir Sirs has at least like 13, 14 tracks on it. Um but yeah, I mean to hold it down for TDE in the absence of the year where you know generally almost every year we get a Kendrick album, he's kind of spacing them out a little bit more now as he's got that clout. Um he's kind of spacing them out a little bit more. Um he's 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 right where it needs to be when it comes to TDE, like what I expect from a TDE artist. Uh for me being like the the whole team of TDE being probably the greatest. Um uh, they're like the new version of No Limit. When it comes for the mm-hmm. 2010s, they definitely ran it. Um, you know, people probably say Young Money. I, I, I could definitely agree with that, but I feel like as far as art, artistry goes and actual great music, it's hands down TDE, and I think he represented that very well this year. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, the next album is an MC from Compton, Boogie, Everything's for Sale. Boogie, everything's for sale. This is number 10 in the top 10. So this is the officially the top 10 here. Yeah, 10. man. Um, <laughs> Boogie came out of left field for me. I wasn't expecting what I what I got out of this album. Um, this, this album came with expectations that I was like, okay, it's just another gangster rapper. He's an Interscope uh, artist. So I was like, okay, he's just Shady probably records. another... Yeah. So I was like, he's probably just another, um, you know, 
Dre product that he's trying to push that probably is like mid, <laughs> but happened to be way better than, than I expected. Um, Boogie definitely gave you a thought provoking hood album. It kind of reminds me yeah. of like J rock redemption from last year. Right. That's how I think of Boogie's album for this year. Um, we talked about the last 50 album last year and redemption was one of my favorites. Absolutely. Hands down. Um, that's how I feel about Boogie's album. Uh, he gave you, he gave you a raw perspective of his side, especially in California. Um, he was definitely a blood gang member as well. So hearing his perspective and his things from the streets though, I think he took it on a different take. It was cerebral and hood slash fun at the same time. Like there was just a lot of things going on and you had to be paying attention to it to really catch on to it. And I think a lot of people caught on to it because this, this is actually an album that's talked about a lot that people forget about though throughout the year. And that was actually me too, until I started putting this list together. Yeah. And I had, I had forgot it too, till I saw your list and I listened to it earlier this week. And I was like, man, I listened to so much shit. I forgot about this one, man. Uh, <laughs> <For> <laughs> <real>. <laughs> it's just one of those things when you find so much shit and it's literally daily, daily, that things are dropping. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to remember some of these things and this was one of them. But then when you listen to it again, it was like, Oh shit. Yeah. You can't forget about this album. Mm-hmm. Everything is for sale is, is that album. Um, definitely go check that out. If you've never heard of it or haven't heard any of the songs, um, I, I would think you would have to go listen to it. Um, right away just to go kind of put it in there. Um, I think my favorite track off of there is, Probably Silent Ride. I think Silent Ride is like my, my favorite um, just because it, it reminds me of, yeah, when you have a hard ass fucking day and just you want to just turn everything off and sometimes you have that Silent Ride home. That's exactly what this song is about, basically. Yeah. It's like battling your demons, turning it all off and say, I just need that Silent Ride. That, that one hit home for me. So I love, love, love that track. Silent Ride is my favorite track for sure. That's a good one. I also like uh, this track with Jid Soho. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, Jid snaps on that. (laughs) Like always. Yeah. He's (laughs) awesome. Um, So let's go number nine. We got Solange. Solange, man. When I Get Home. Ooh. Yes. Is she she the more talented sister? Is she the more talented sister? Uh, (laughs) Okay. That is hard to say. Artistically speaking. Artistically, yes. Absolutely. That's a that's a good fucking word, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't trying to upset the Bay Hive over here. No, no, no. I mean like you. as an artist as an artist, I don't I'm not gonna say she could sing as good as Beyonce. Correct. I don't I'm think not- she can sing as well as Beyonce. I don't think she has the the just uh, the strength and the some because some of those deep tones that, mm-hmm. that Beyonce gets is just like that shit. She can cover a lot of ranges. Solange is yes. more on the uh on the soprano, the higher end. And but man, did she come with a fucking album, dog? Did she <laughs> not come with a fucking album? Oh my god, yes. I mean, this is her second album in a row, I think, where she's just kind of blown the game away. Real um, talk. Seat at the on... table, seat at the table is two years old now? Yes. So Seat at the Table dropped in um, Metacritic, which to me is probably the most pure critic scale um, because they, they take into account multiple critics. It's not just one writer. They take into account like 10 writers on each one. Um, 
they actually have seat at the table very, very high. And they also still had this seat at the table or when I get home still listed in their top 50 for the decade. So they had both of her albums in there. And I thought that was wild. And after again, listening to it and sitting down again and going through this again, it's really hard to argue that, that she's not in there. And, um, with her ode to H Town, me me growing up in the South, or you know, all my family and everything's from the South. That's all we listened to was Houston rap, yeah. Because there was nobody big besides David Banner from Mississippi, so it was like one of those things where I just listened to nothing but Houston, and I heard all of just Houston in it. Like it's just so much of her. She brought the the Third Ward to the to the world, and not only talked about where she's from, but just kind of being a black woman in America, again, one of those pro black albums, but did it so subtly and, and, and artistically that you really can't say anything bad about her or this album. No. And, uh, anytime I see her like performing any tracks from this album, like I think she was on the tonight show last week, a whole crazy performance. Like she basically, it's like a music video happening right there, live on the stage. She's got all right. kinds of different dancers and she's performing uh, a lot right. of great features on this album. Tyler, the creator, Playboy Cardi kills it. Yep. Um, Devin, the dudes on here, the dream. Yeah. Um, I was sold once you got Devin on the album, you put Devin on an album, <laughs> especially something like that uh, with her name on it. Psh, done. Cause fucking Devin, the dude is a legend. <laughs> she got a Scarface uh, on the little interlude. Yep. So I mean, she, I think she, my favorite track is Beltway. That made that that track is just so vibey, and it reminds me of yeah. of the DJ from from Houston, Beltway Eight, one mm-hmm. of the original SUC members, Screwed Up Click members with DJ Screw. Um, he kind of started that shit way back then. Um, Beltway Eight is one of those original OG cats, and uh, the, that just that that did it for me. Like it was just everything that I wanted from not only just a Southern artist, but just an artist in general, everything flow, just the flow of it. Um, everything that she talks about, my skin, my logo, <laughs> like yeah. such deep shit in this album, man. Like, wow. It's sad. The saddest thing is that her biggest hit of the decade was, in that elevator. <laughs> <laughs> She's Real amazing, talk. man. I mean, I'm a big Solange fan. Like her music is just amazing. It's on another level. Um, just artistically speaking, like she's kind of uh, like the next Erica Badu, I would say. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can see that. I, I like that uh, comparison. I like that. Yeah, comparison. in terms of like the lane she's in and how she just kind of she doesn't care. She makes the music she wants to make. She's expressing herself that way, right? Uh, exactly. While, while her sister is one of the most amazing uh, pop artists, pop music songwriters of all time. Crazy. Yeah, currently, yeah, definitely one of the top top of of all time. Beyonce, of course. Um, so yeah, go get go get that album uh, when so I get home. It's got that so Sunday, much. put it on on a Sunday morning right after you wake up. It's got that Sunday vibes. All day. All day. Number um, eight. Coming in at number eight. Um, I'm biased, and that's why it's at my number eight. But uh, pretty much gotta anybody. Have, you got to have Fonte in the top ten if you got to, the album, bro. Right? You got to. Um, <laughs> little brother, may the yeah. Lord watch. Little brother, man. Um, I, I First of all, little brother is second best 
duo of all time, at least for me. I'm sorry. Um, After Outcast, I, I will throw that out there. After Outcast, yes, Dude, that's a tough one, man. We should uh, we should talk about that some other time. Yeah, I, I'm sure that we could go down that one for a minute, and a lot of people would possibly be able to argue that. But I'm talking like multiple albums. Okay. I think this is their fifth or sixth studio album together. Um, so the, their the first one in nine years, first one in nine nowhere. years since uh left back dropped in 2010, which is also in my top 50 albums just of the decade. Just so you know, <laughs> uh, left back is definitely one of my favorites. So then coming to hear this after they broke up again, uh, you know, kind of doing their own thing. Fonte Fonte is, is easily one of the best rappers in the game. He's in my top 10 for sure. Um, he influenced, to me, a whole generation of rappers. And, and I saw him snapping on Twitter about it a little bit. And it wasn't more so for him, but it was more so of the people that came even before Fonte. Um, you know, talking about the singer-rapper combination. Yeah, but he was um, like Drake's biggest influence. He was Drake's biggest influence. So yeah, um, early Drake paid a lot of homage to Little Brother. He talked about it a lot. They even have a track together. Um, but that's that was his influence. And, and it just it just shows the 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 level of complexity and the abilities of of this duo known as Little Brother. Uh, rapper Pooh probably gave me his best bars that I've heard in him do in a while. Yeah. Uh, I love Pooh, but uh, sometimes he could he could drag down a song a little bit after you get some Fonte bars um, that kind of dull the song a little bit just because he doesn't add that much value to it. But at least for this album, I felt there was a big connection. I think they connected very well. Um, and just the tracks portrayed that like that, like they're back together again and they, they're truly like a, um, an actual group again. And it, it's just one of those albums that you gotta, that you gotta play again. It reminded me of, uh, the Chitlin circuit, um, which is one of their first original mixtape mm-hmm. joints that they dropped with night one ninth wonder. Um, that's like, one of the original joints um, that that sounded like that. And I, I, I was just blown away. I was just so impressed and happy and blown away at the same time that, um, that we got, we got this project, we got this actual, you know, dope shit out. For sure. What was your favorite track on uh, little brother made the Lord watch? Um, I didn't even think about that one, honestly. But <laughs> now that I'm looking at the track list, I think Black Magic is probably yeah. one of my favorites. Um, That's what I, I was going to say. Black Magic, Make It Better. That's like my probably my favorite one. If I could pick out one, that was my favorite. Definitely, that's it. And yeah. I mean, the produ- the production is dope. They got Crisis on there. So Crisis mm-hmm. is part of Ninth, Ninth Wonders team. Gemma. So kind of, kind of um, a little backstory to this is that, you know, they were going to include Ninth Wonder on this album. And they originally kind of broke up in the beginning anyway, because of ninth um, and just their differences. And it started out that they had some tracks working together and then it got backtracked. There's a whole story that Fonte came out and talked about um, and, and Pooh, but it was more mostly Fonte and they kind of just, he kind of talked about just the, the dynamic that they had and how they started to build that back. And then it just got dashed away real quick. So my whole hopes of having ninth, Fonte and Pooh back together uh, got dashed away quick, but at least he still went some, they went the right way with the dopest producers from at least from that team. I know they have crisis uh, knots and Zoe. They're all producers from 
from uh, from the Ninth Wonder camp from Jamla. Jamla. Yeah, yep. from Jamla camp. Um, they got Abjo on here. So Abjo is a producer um, from the Selection camp. So of course I love mm-hmm. that one. That one's niggas hollering. Um, Black Gold and Black Milk are also on this for production. So really dope producers, um, dope tracks, just just bars after bars after bars. That's what Fonte is going to give you every single time. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing it's just album. Definitely amazing ch- album. Definitely check it out. It's kind of crazy that this year we also, you know, we had a little brother reunion. We also had a Gangstar reunion um, yeah. in their album this year. But another, I think another thing to this year was there's a lot of big collaboration albums. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we had that, like the Pivot Gang album. Yep. Pivot Gang album. One of my favorites on there. And number seven, um, this one. I think it was like January, maybe January 1st or something. You started seeing uh, alerts on social media. All these people got invited to the Dreamville camp in Atlanta Yep, from J. Cole. And he basically had a, a who's who of, of rappers and producers that are basically next in hip hop show up to the studio to create your number seven album of the year, Return of the Dreamers 3, Dreamville. So... Yeah, so I got that at uh, number seven. Um, it was actually late last year. I remember we were talking about it because we talked about it on one of the episodes mm-hmm. where, or actually earlier this year, sorry, not late last year, but earlier this year, um, when we kicked off the show, we were talking about it because everybody was getting, it was it was really huge on Twitter. Everybody was getting the whole, um, the, we just started seeing these flyers coming around uh, talking about um, the Dreamville sessions. And Next thing you know, in the coming days, we've seen everybody who's everybody get an invitation to that. And everybody was posting them, posting them, posting them, posting them. Literally, I think there was at least 100 people that I follow for sure that got that invitation. And it was just all over my timeline. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? How is there so many people all connected doing this one big session? And it's, of course, it's J. Cole and his greatness that he's able to do. He was able to get some of the biggest artists in the game all together in one building battling. And if you have not seen the documentary, we talked about it earlier this year. Yep. If you have not seen that documentary, you need to go look at that shit. It's just a quick 30, it's like 30 minutes or something like that. And you can literally see everybody who's, who's everybody in there all kind of touching different music. And there's like five different rooms going on at once. And you see cats jumping back and forth and cats are actually almost battling, like who's having the best verses and, it finally came to fruition later on in the year with the return of the dreamers album. And man, <laughs> J Cole <laughs> definitely had a great year. Um, hey, he went platinum with no features. And then this went platinum with every feature <laughs> with every feature. <laughs> they got the Kendrick hook. Right. And I think that was the most impressive thing to me out of this though, was the fact that everybody that was included, are more up and comers. He didn't have like these huge, massive stars all over this thing because everybody was there. So literally he could have had everybody and their mom on this album as far as big rap stars. Um, but he brought, he brought his whole team. So not yeah, only did he bring his own team, he sh- he started to shine with people that aren't as well known yet. And they took it. They just took it to a whole nother level, man. Um, they even got a, a, a few awards. Um, they're actually on for the Grammys for best rap album. 
So definitely that's why it's got to be in the top 10 as well. I mean, that's not just my opinion, obviously, if they're up for a Grammy. Um, and there's hella people on this thing. So how he's going to give a Grammy out to all these people, I would never know. <laughs> <laughs> they all going to come up there. Yeah. Uh, um, no, and, uh, see, I fucked it up earlier. It wasn't down bad that, uh, that the baby was on. It was under the sun. So under my the bad. Sun. It was the first track on the album under the sun. He's the first verse on there. And he just goes ham. Like literally that's just how it opens. It just opens with the baby smashing. Um, J. Cole and Loot. I mean, look, this whole thing is featured with so many people. And like I said, I don't think there's anybody who's super big at the, and even at the time Except when the song. Yeah. T.I. might be J. the biggest name. I'm looking at and J. Cole himself. Yeah. Um, Kendrick is on a, is on a hook. That's it. Um, which is still one of the hardest hooks of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, buddy, my favorite track on this album. I mean, like my favorite like turn up track on here as well as Fargo, but my favorite track, yeah. one of my favorite tracks of the year is Sacrifices. Yeah. Um, Sacrifices think, is dope. I think J. Cole drops one of the the hardest verses of the year on Sacrifices uh, featuring yep. Smino and Saba and Earth Gang is on that too. Yep. So. I think my, I think my low key favorite track track though is, is Lambo truck though. Yeah. Just because it was a song about Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Robin top uh, reason, reason is on the track. Uh, Cause who's from uh, the Dreamville camp. And they're basically talk, talking about how they would rob Top Dog and, and J. J. Cole. Yep. Um, <laughs> and they're literally, except for Top wasn't there, but J. Cole's sitting right there and he <laughs> listens to the song. Cole didn't even know this is what they were talking about. This is how funny it is. It's like, he didn't even know that this song was being made until he listens to it. And it was like, is y'all niggas trying to come up with how to rob me? <laughs> 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 and it's legit a track about robbing J. Cole and, 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 and top, uh, top. And they're, they're basically just wanting their claim. They're just trying to call their stake for their claim. Like reasons like, yo, you need to put some backing behind me. And they're like literally talking shit to their bosses. And I, I think I love that about the track that not only did their boss just think it was dope, but it was like, they're kind of just calling out their, their labels and saying, yo, put some push behind me, get me out here. And, um, or we going to rob you type of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was just super gangster, but from top to bottom, um, super dope album, man. I'm love everything about it. down bad. Jid probably gave one of the best hooks and verses of the year on that. So, um, I mean, you can go literally everywhere on this whole album and just say this shit is dope as shit. Um, yeah, that's all I can say about it. <laughs> <laughs> so these next three albums, I would say would be like my biggest three surprises of the year. Um, yeah. I'll start with number six, Igor from Tyler, the creator. I think this was a, a phenomenal album too. Yeah. When you talk about surprise, I think honestly, that was my surprise of the year, um, to be honest was that album. Um, yeah, I would, I would agree with you because the next two were kind of newcomers. Um, so right. this was definitely out of left field cause it wasn't what I was expecting from Tyler, the creator. Right. And a lot of it, and we, I think we talked about it earlier on a few of the episodes. Um, a, a lot of it had to do with just, um, I think Tyler was super young when he first started. So his immaturity to the music that he made, threw me off a lot. Like I just couldn't vibe with him because he was just so childish about the musicianship of his music. 
Um, yes. You know, doing the Odd Future shit. Odd Future was just a bunch of goofy niggas together. Like there was just a bunch of their crew making goofy ass songs together. And so I, I never took him serious. And even with his own personal stuff, like I think, um, uh, what was the album? Was it Golf Wang? Was that his album? Or was that the Wolfgang? Yeah, what it was called, Golf Wang. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like, just shit like that. Like, yeah. calling it even Golf Wang instantly. Like, however, sounds- when however, when you're looking back, there was some amazing musicians in that crew. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you, you break know, them out individually, you're talking about like Sid, Matt yeah, Martians, pretty much all of the internet, um, yeah. Domo Genesis, Earl Sweatshirt, uh, Frank Ocean, and. Um, Who's the other one in there? There's, I think there's one more that I'm forgetting. So, so you know that deep down, there's really amazing musicians in the room, and these dudes are just being goofballs. Yeah. It out. Yeah. But this, I think, is the first time that it's all kind of shows you that this dude really knows music and right. really knows how to make amazing music. Um, definitely, you can hear it. It kind of sounds to me like a like he's paying tribute to the, to the Neptunes. Right. Yes. The, um, we were talking about that because NERD, of course, dropped their album last year. And um, yeah, that's literally kind of how I take it as well Is I, I look at it as uh, Tyler was so focused on becoming that musician that he really took it to the next level. And he sounds like all of Neptune's combined, like made that shit. Um. <laughs> Pharrell's, Pharrell even features on the album. Right he even features on the album and I think the progression reminds me a lot of Mac Miller. Um, and I actually love, I've like just fell in love with Mac's music late in his career. Um, so these last like two or three albums from Mac before he passed rest in peace, I fell in love with his music. Um, Swimming and the divine feminine. Yeah. The, well, it really started for me with movies, watching movies with the sound off and then going into good AM then going into Divine Feminine and Swimming. This is kind of where I see his, I feel like that's his his pathway um, because Flower Boy was three or four years ago now. And yeah. that's where, that's when he first came out as bisexual. And, but that's when you started to see the, the switch kind of turn on him a little bit because Cherry Bomb was like the in-between of this one and Flower Boy. It wasn't a complete object yet. Cherry Bomb had some of the the things of both of those albums, but it just wasn't complete yet. Then you come with this one that he just dropped in Igor. And yo, I, I'm still blown away of how great that album turned out to be. Um, he really took it to the next level. And, and really what's even doper is that he pretty much did this shit all himself. Like yeah. he produced like this whole thing himself. Um, and actually, if you look at the credits, he literally is on everything as the producer. Um, and he just grabbed a few things left and right. You know, he's got some samples in there, um, but he's he only grabbed a few features. So he has just and it's mostly vocal features. It's not like an actual verse. I think the only one that got a verse is uh, Playboy Cardi. That's the second time we uh, yeah featured his name in this conversation. And then Con- and Kanye. Um, everybody else on the album is vocals. Solange got vocals on there. Uzi Vert got vocals on there. I think even Tyler there. only has one, one song that he actually raps on, on this whole album too. Pretty so much. That, that's the other thing. He's not rapping on any of it. He's singing. Right. 
And from top to bottom, I mean, this is a an album that you start and let it go. Like yeah. that's just, just one of those albums. And I'm still in shock of how great this album actually turned out. Like I'm completely blown away. Um, he's also been nominated for album of the year, best rap album of the year uh, for a Grammy. So he's in that list. He's made several top 10 lists. Uh, Complex actually gave him the best album of 19. Um, okay. So- I think that's fair. It's a, it's a great and amazing album. Uh, it's not my number one and right. it's your number six. Um, Where would you have that at in your, in your list? I would probably like your top three and my top three are about the same, probably the top four. I mean, it, it's either there. I, I mean, probably number somewhere six. shaking around in that still in that yeah. top 10 though. Easy. Oh, definitely the top 10, the higher end, but, uh, the top five, I definitely can't argue with number five. Um, this is a newcomer. I didn't know who this guy was a year ago today, but now I do. And he's awesome. Kyle Dion sugar. We talked about this one before. Yes, sir. We hyped this album up pretty much all year. Yeah. Since it <laughs> dropped. <laughs> since, we, since it dropped. I, um, this one came out, where do we even find this shit? First man, of all, can you remember uh, where we found this one? So I found a track and I like the track was really dope. So I pre-added the album and right. so I got the little alert that the album had dropped. So I just was like, all right, let's see what this Yeah. Wasn't it like. hands to yourself? I think was the track. Yes. Hands to yourself. Yep. That was the one that you had found. And yeah. I remember when you sent it to me because it, this was like March. Yep. Um, you had sent that track to me and I was like, yo, this track is stupid. Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah, I don't know who this kid is, but that track is really dope. And then next thing you know, the album drops. And when we dropped the album, holy shit. Um, I feel like he's a, it's really hard to kind of pinpoint who he reminds me of. The falsettos and everything that he reminds me of. He reminds me a little bit of DeBarge, but with a mix of adding in like that Prince touch. And it's not him playing the the beats and stuff, but the band that he brings in to do this album just fantastic, man. Um, so we're talking about Kyle Dion Sugar. Yes. And this album was super slept on. Um, or a lot of people just didn't know about yeah, it. I, I feel like I a lot of people, I don't know if it's slept on or just people didn't discover it. But this dude has Rockstar written all over it. Like he, he is going to be a huge, huge star with the right backing behind him. And mm-hmm. as long as he keeps the same sound. Uh, he he literally could be on that megastar level to me. Definitely, because I mean the guy just has so much soul. Um, the lyrics are amazing. The the album just I mean I don't think there's a single song I skip on this one. No, this is <laughs> this is a a non skip album. Like real talk, <laughs> I I don't skip any track. Um, my wife and my daughter love this album. Yeah. Um. Like it's one of those that you just get the vibes of everything. Um, literally every sound that you can get, it's got that euphoric psychedelic seventies yeah. rockish kind of vibe as well as just funk R and B just, just everything that you, that what you would want in a sound like that's it. And man, this album just delivers, man. I, I don't know what else to say about it other than how much, how well this album delivers um my wife is like yeah that's her favorite album of the year for sure (laughs) (laughs) she's got that marked down um 
and she loves she loves Xavier Omar, and we talked about him. Um, his album is great, but I don't know if it's Touching Sugar this year, just because of the way it came out. It was it was something that we st- stumbled upon, like you had stumbled upon it, mm-hmm. and then it grew on us so quickly that it was the debut itself was one of the best debuts I've, I've heard in a long time. When you talk about a debut album for, especially an R and B artist trying to step in the game, definitely first time out, whew, it's going to be hard for him to top it, to be honest. Yeah. And I mean, this guy's super, super talented. Uh, his voice is amazing. And every song on here is my favorite song. I, I could say, <laughs> you know, we played 69 Camaro on here before cherry blossom, yeah, I think if you, if you want to know what Kyle Dion is about and what kind of range he has in his voice, just listen to Cherry Blossom. Right. Exactly. Um, and then even looking at a, like Hands to Yourself, On Fire. Um, mm-hmm. Man, like On Fire is probably low-key one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Um, but it's really hard to even pinpoint. Uh, Spin It. <laughs> Spin yeah. It is like the perfect vibe that you want to hear for 2019 kind of R&B ish type shit spend it is it um it, it's super hard and it's really dope because I when we checked out remember when we checked out the the track listing and who produced a lot of it um one of my actual favorite low key under who doesn't get a lot of credit he's super underrated is Mars today uh a cat named Mars today he's yeah. one of the main producers on this thing yep. he's like on almost every track but he has so many, uh, so many fire people to touch these tracks that it's, it's just amazing how he even got all these people on a track and were able to just put out something like this. Yeah. This file, this one into under people ain't ready for this. Like the shit's really good. <laughs> File that under. You're not fucking ready. You're not fucking ready. <laughs> All right. Uh, number four, another person that a year ago, I never even heard of this cat. Uh, but this, with this album, I heard one single a couple of days before it dropped. And then when I heard it, it one of my favorite rap albums of the year. Um, and this is, Number four on your list. This is looks like it's your number two rap album of the year. It's YBN Corday, The Lost Boy. Yeah, man. YBN Corday. And especially when I first heard the name YBN, I, I immediately jumped <laughs> to the whole YBN gang of rappers. Um, and no knock to y'all, do what you do, but they're not good. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan. So for me, right. and it's like all these guys who got these little acronyms in front of their names and shit, they annoy the shit out of me for the most part, um, which is yeah. like the MBAs and the YBNs and the yeah, YN. And ASAP started that, but you guys. Yeah, ASAP started it. <laughs> it's his fault. Because <laughs> everybody just started fucking putting dumbass acronyms in front of their name and shit. Um, and then have still the longest name after, but anyway, um, <laughs> especially after I started hearing a lot of those guys, I, it really almost turned me off to this. Cause I was just like, Oh man, are we going to get another one of these guys, especially from that group of rappers? YBN. Right. Um, Cause you get YBN Namir or whatever his name yeah. is. Um, he's not bad, but he, it's just not, not my cup of tea. I'm not going to listen to him consistently. Um, he doesn't have that fire shit, but then Corday, is the youngest dude in the, in the camp, I believe. Yes. And he's also the most skilled musician or rapper. And he's probably the, probably the most skilled rapper of this current generation of that age group. Cause I think he's barely 21. If that, I don't even think mm-hmm. he's 21 yet. Yeah. Um, I think he just turned 21. 
Um, but I think he's next. Yeah, he, he he's definitely on what you call, especially because it was funny that he was on the double XL. Uh, the cover of the double XL when you talk about the freshman list and everything like that. Yep. And he's miles ahead of everybody else on that list. Um, and it's, it's kind of scary to see that from a kid, his age, because he's super young born in 1997. So he's a, a fucking yeah. kid, bro. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but he drops this album called lost boy and I wasn't expecting what I got out of it. The main single that dropped first was RNP. Uh, with Anderson Pack, and of course we're huge Anderson Pack fans. We'll get to that. Um, so that track set the the tone. It basically just kind of set the tone for it. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, he's, he's he got something like that. Okay, he's got this gangster West Coast bouncy kind of beat going back and forth with Anderson. Yeah, going going back and forth with Pack, and I'm just like, okay, he's got some skill to him. And then the album drops, and I can remember. I think we were. Um, where were we at? We, we had, we were, I think we were going to a show or something. We were listening to it and we, we had to run it back. Like we weren't paying attention because we were driving, but then we had to run it back again because the shit was so dope. And we were like, yo, do we really just Mm kind of miss all of this right quick? Like, yo, and we ran it back and it was really fucking good. Yeah, from top, top to, to bottom. Yeah, top to bottom, man. Um, I think every track gave me something on there. Um, uh, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of what what my favorite track is on there. I mean, I'll just was, say, I'll just say, he's got features with of Chance the Rapper, Anderson Pack, Ty Dolla Sign, Pusha T, Meek Mill, and he hangs with all of them. He n- nobody outshines him on any track. Correct. <laughs> and, and you know, those are some hitters right there. Correct. Um, my favorite track on here, Thanksgiving, is is an awesome track for me. Uh, Broke yeah. as Fuck is my favorite track, though. I, I would say, yeah, that's why I was going to say Broke as Fuck is probably my favorite track. The beat switch on it. The beat switch, the flow, everything that he's talking about on there, from content to beat to way he's writing it, you know, rhythm and, and flow, everything that they got with it, I got out of that. He can, I got he out can of that sing track. pretty well, too. Yeah. Um, this, um even with Thanksgiving, like that one's, that one's such a great track because it reminds me of going, I did, and I actually just got back from visiting my grandmother in Mississippi. Um, it reminds me for Thanksgiving and it reminds me of having that conversation um, during Thanksgiving, like, Hey, everybody's kicking it and we're having a good time, but this is Thanksgiving and this is when we all get together kind of thing. And then we go back to reality. Um, and that was like one of the real things of it. Like that's spending time with our family like that is like probably our most, fun and the most important times that we all have in life for the most part, if you have that connection with your family. And, um, I I got that reminiscent feeling of it. And especially for that track. And this whole album is really about family and it's kind of like him, you know, trying to stay true to his family, but trying to find his identity in the world. Right. Like even the skit grandma's house, like it has like um, a choir in it and shit like that. And, kind of bringing it back to the church. Like I know his, his grandparents were very um, religious as well. And that also That's his, his grandma movie. singing. If have, have you ever seen the, um, he posted a video on mother's day on Twitter. Yeah. Of his grandma singing that. And that's yep. at the He's hospital. He's even got her on the before, credits, bro. Yeah. That's uh her at the hospital before she passed. Yeah. And she's even on the credits, got her on mm-hmm. the credits. So then that check is coming in. Her name is on it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So I, I love that. I love that. And um, Masego is in the choir on that one. Yeah. Which <laughs> is so dope to me because Masego definitely had one of the best albums last year. He's so dope. <laughs> yeah, he's dope. Um, and yeah, definitely uh, Have Mercy is probably one of my favorite. We're talking like that trap hard hitting shit. That that Have Mercy, the flow, like this this kid is definitely next level. Like I think he definitely came out with a debut album very reminiscent of Kendrick when you're talking about yes. that level of dropping a first album. We were just talking about Kyle Dion dropping an amazing first album. Same thing here for this kid. This is his debut album and the debut is stellar. Like I think he actually did set a record for um, debut like buzz and everything like that because he was just out there getting it just like how Kendrick did. And I, I, I think that's why he is also next. I think also nominated for a Grammy. Yes. And also nominated for a Grammy. So you kind of see the reoccurring theme out here, people. <laughs> we know what the hell we talking about. Um, and usually it's fuck the Grammys, but at least they got a few things right this year. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and YB and Corday definitely, if you haven't listened to the lost boy, this album goes hard. Like this, this, kid, is, this kid is dope. Yes, sir. Um, now on to our top three or my, this is my top three, yep. my top three, man. Um, <laughs> this is a very special collection of top three for me um, because it, it got my most play for the most part. Um, yeah. And it's three of our favorite artists. Yeah, definitely. Three of our favorite artists um, to date. And I would definitely have to include these guys as, um, you know, definitely pioneers of the 2010s and yeah. kind of set it on, on fire to end the year. So number three, I have in my number three, and this is very hard, by the way, these could all be interchanged. Um, yeah, I totally for the agree. top three. I, I can't disagree with your top three, but I mean, I can't really set them in order either. It's just a matter of how I feel that day. Probably. <laughs> right. Exactly. What I listened to most recently. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's kind of how it broke down. Um, so for number three, and it was, again, very hard to decide this. My number three, because this this artist is actually my number one listen to artist on Spotify. Everybody posts yeah, their, me too. their stats and shit. And I know, yeah, yours too, Polly. When <laughs> <laughs> um, we're talking about Anderson Pack Ventura, um, yeah. what can I not say about this album? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. I can't say it's whack. I can't say it's whack. I can't say that it's trash. I can't say that it's not one of the best albums that I've heard in a long time. And I can't not say that, you know, I, I don't know where some people have Anderson pack. I think a lot of people are still sleeping on Anderson. I feel like he's not respected enough. I feel like he should be bigger than he is. Yeah. Um, I feel that people just don't know. Not enough people know who he is. Cause once you know who he is, you you're love hooked. the dude. Yeah. You're hooked. Everybody I've ever put on the Anderson pack loves this guy, uh, loves his music, loves his charisma, his enthusiasm, um, the way he, he approaches life, um, the big smile and grin that he puts on. Best teeth in the game. Best teeth in the game, Doug. <laughs> um, literally killing everything. Uh, right now, he's, he's probably on the big pro, – he's on one of the biggest promo runs I've seen in a long time for mm -hmm. sure because he's literally on every – did you see this morning this fool was on Price is Right, Doug? Yeah, he was on the Price is Right. <laughs> bro, but as an audience member. As an audience member and got picked, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is literally just everywhere. I have seen him on everything. He's been on Fallon. He's been on uh, – Kimmel. He's been on... Um, He's about to be on one of them again here with Mark Ronson. Yep. To do the track with Mark Ronson for the new movie that, that, that uh, 
Spies in Disguise. Yeah, Spies in Disguise. Um, He was just on there with YBN Corday. He was on there with the Free Nationals. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I think he's been on Fallon four times this year, I think, pretty much. If he's performing in your town, drop what you're doing, buy a ticket, and go watch this shit, even if you don't know what it's about. And I think that's that also helps push this artist into this top three easily for me. Um, Watching him perform, we were blessed enough to be able to attend Anderson Pack at Red Rocks, literally the greatest venue on the planet. And man, what a fucking magical night. Like, not only was... I'm getting off topic of the album and why the album's great, but he he performed part of the album. He performed his new shit, his old shit. He did everything. And he does everything. He sings, he dances, he plays drums. He raps. He's, he raps. He's everywhere. And this guy's a mastermind. Like he is to me a better version of what Dr. Dre like wanted to be when it comes to producing. And everybody has Dr. Dre in that level. But I think like his musicianship, his thoughts, everything that he puts out there is just out of this world, like stellar. And then um, on top of it, I would also add to me, he's also like the next level of Nate Dog when it comes to hooks. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably even the better. He's like, he is the Nate Dog of this generation. But on um, top of that, he's also the Marvin Gaye of this generation. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> man, and, and that might be for some people, they'd be like, man, you're, you're out of pocket. No, we're not out of pocket. I don't know what you're listening to, but no, literally because- he dropped Oxnard at the end of 2018. And didn't get respect for that. And he even called it out because he was talking shit. And I, I agree with him. Oxnard was one of the best projects of last year. Didn't get a lot of clout on it. And, and I, he, I hear people talk shit about Oxnard, but I think it's got his most amazing songs on there. Yeah, I think Oxnard is probably his one of his slept on most slept on mm-hmm. albums. Um, but Ventura was the 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 R and B ish side. So like Oxnard was like that that hip hop gritty that rap yeah. style. You know, especially when you drop like six summers and you turn around and drop something like Ventura and some people didn't know what to expect. But one of my favorite songs on there is the one with uh, Smokey Robinson and make it better, make it better. And that's such just a fucking fantastic song. It is a love song. It is a true love song and it's written very well. It sounds like 60s doo-wop. It has that vibe, but he touches everything. Funk, soul rap like everything is in there everything is in there and that's what i expected from it um my favorite track bar none is twilight i probably play that at least once twice a week Mm -hmm. at a minimum if i can remember sometimes it just comes onto my you know my playlist and everything and i love that song it's pharrell produced so then you already know it's got the great it's got the goat on there and then he's in there on the song and i just love this album man there's not there's not much else i can say about how great Ventura turned out to be. My most played track of the year was Yada Yada. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that for you. (laughs) And it has, has Callum, uh, Callum, is it Connor? Uh, Is it Callum Connor? Is that how you say his name? Yes. Callum Connor and Kiefer. Yes. On that track. And Callum Connor is the drummer for the free nationals when Anderson Pack isn't. And Kiefer is uh, Kiefer Shackelford, yes, one of the best pianists in the fucking game, one of the best producers in the game. He's actually on back-to-back songs. He has yada yada and to King James. 
Yep. King James is a black, uh, pro-black song talking about killing black folks in the streets. But, you know, what about the love? Who's yes, making stuff like that? That's why, I would, that's why I'm saying he's like the modern day Marvin Gaye. Because yes. he makes social music. He makes street music. Yes. And he plays the drums. And, and he's one of the only few people to get fucking Andre 3000 on a track. <laughs> Who does that? Even in 2019. Hey, and he got Nate Dogg. And he got Nate, and he got Nate Dogg on the and track. And Smokey line. Robinson, bro. <laughs> Who works with Andre? Who works with Smokey Robinson? Who gets a Nate Dogg verse? <laughs> Brandy, bro. Yeah, even Brandy, Jasmine Sullivan, like he's he's bringing back people on here that uh, he has Layla Hathaway on there, mm-hmm. uh, Smokey Robinson. Like, what can you say about this dude, man? Like, it has this the is eleven best tracks. Is yet to come. Yeah, eleven tracks of fire, just eleven yeah. tracks of just straight fire. And I didn't even realize on Come Home he had background vocals from BJ, Chicago Kid, and Sir on there. Nuts, man. Um, so. Ventura, number three, Anderson. Ventura, Peck. number three. Yep. At number two, yeah, uh, easily one of the most influential producers of pretty much a lot of the modern music, especially when it comes to real hip hop shit or just anything that's pushing the boundaries of, of yeah. funk, live instrumentation, um, as well as just genre bending sounds and everything like that. Um, we're talking about the great Flying Lotus. Um, Flamagra dropped a fucking banger this year. Flamagra. Um, This this album, amazing uh, production. He's basically the conductor of the whole thing. Thundercat playing bass on almost the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, what, what (laughs) is flying Lotus literally embodies so much of what a lot of producers want to be like. Um, a lot of producers look up to him and he was, especially in the LA um, Cali scene, he came up with a lot of those guys like Anderson Pack. He helped discover Anderson Pack. Um, he grew up with Shafiq Hussein, who we just kind of talked yeah. about, um, you know, dealing with Sarah and everything like that. They're all kind of under that umbrella. And Thundercat is like one of his best homies and they come up and Thundercat is literally one of the coldest ever, especially on the bass. And yeah. you're talking about all these guys and t- even Tyler, the creator has, has messed with flying Lotus. So we're talking about all these guys. A lot of these guys look up to flying Lotus, especially in that little click and collective of the LA music scene, um, in that underground hip hop. Yeah. And flying Lotus, uh, one of, was one of the big influences and producers on to pimp a butterfly from Kendrick Lamar. Correct. Um, which we'll talk about our favorite albums of the decade here on one of these next few episodes during this winter break. Um, but Flying Lotus, huge influence on that album. Um, 27 tracks of fucking heat, bro. <laughs> um, I'm literally one of those people again, who I try to listen to every single track. And this yeah. is just one that I don't turn off. Like I can start it from beginning to end. I bought the vinyl. I let my family hear it on a Sunday when we just let the thing run. Um, yeah. It's one of those kind of albums, you man. Always, you'll always hear something you've never heard before every time you listen to it. Right. Whether it be a certain sound, um, you know, whatever he did to manipulate the sound or, um, and that's just what he does. Philo is a pioneer when it comes to some of the visual, audio visual stuff. He was doing 3D shows 
well into, you know, early into his career. He was doing that like almost 10 years ago. So yeah, he's made a movie. A whole, like a, yeah. He did a movie, um, which actually one of the tracks is, uh, in here, um, from, from the movie. And, and he comes from like musical royalty. Yes. Uh, Alice Coltrane was his aunt. Yeah. Nephew of a Coltrane, bro. John, he's the grandnephew of John and Alice Coltrane. Yep. So that should tell you right there. It's in his blood. <laughs> I mean, he's got the crazy features, a Thundercat on everything, Anderson Packs on here. Um George Anderson Pack. The Anderson Pack track is one of my favorites. The George Clinton is one of my favorites. Denzel Curry. Yellow Belly with Tierra Whack. Mm-hmm. Shabazz Black Balloons. Yeah, Shabazz Palaces, bruh. Um, I, I, they need to drop something. I need something from them. <laughs> we got to catch them at a show. Uh, what show was that? Was that opening for Nas? Was that Nas? Yeah, it wasn't Nas. open for? I can't remember right off the top of my head now, but they opened, Shabazz Palace is open for someone. I'm pretty sure it's Nas. I'm pretty sure it's Nas. But, yo, Shabazz yeah. Palace is super ill. Um, he's got them on a track. They're very low-key. They don't drop a lot. So he's got this low key group on there. Um, Thundercat is ma- is named a main feature on the the track "The Climb," but he's probably on more than half of this album. Yeah, he's on almost everything. Yeah, actually, I see his name everywhere. Yeah, um, I see him on every single track, almost pretty much. <laughs> if you see a Bruner on this album, that's him. <laughs> yep. um, and then you know the 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 dope part about it that I liked it. It was like almost a segue. Was you get the first. 12 tracks and then you come into 13 which is fire is coming and fire is coming sounds like an interlude to the end of the world <laughs> yeah that's kind of what it sounds like to me and it's just like of course david lynch and if you know who david lynch is um he is a filmmaker musician um came up with blue velvet the movie blue velvet eraser yeah. head like he's twin peaks twin peaks this dude is a legend in in the film industry and he's got this just this ominous voice that's kind of talking halfway through it and it's almost he's like a fire is coming and he just says that a few times throughout it and it just sounds so ominous but beautiful in the same sense that when you go into the next track it's like it's almost like a rebirth of the whole album and you get a whole nother set of an album. It's yeah. so dope. Um, and that's how you get 27 tracks out of it. And it's literally so dope. I, and the second half of this album after that fire is coming is just some of the dopest music I've heard in a long, long time. Right. Might be the goat music after that. <laughs> like for real. Yeah. Land of Honey with, with Solange. Oh my God. Um, if you've listened to the show before, I, I put it that in a mix. Um, I know one of the tracks, Takashi. Um, which is number eight, eight. on here. Not yeah. not to be confused with Takashi Six Nine or none of that bullshit. But uh, Takashi was one of the tracks um, that we actually did for our track of the week. Um, yep. Just just fantastic, man. Fantastic fucking music, top to bottom. Again, shows you why he is one of the greats. And uh, one one more thing that I think is even just something to note is that he used very little sample sampling on this at all. Um, if, if any at all, actually he does have, and that's what I thought. So he, he does have two samples. He only has two sample credits on here because that's how great he is. And he builds everything else. You would think it's samples. You would think that he took it from somewhere else. No, this is him putting a lot of 
um, you know, different reverbs and different sounds and different things like that to make it sound lo-fi or old school um, and just rebirthed. But he took uh, in the track Heroes, if you listen to the track Heroes, you'll, you'll hear it. He took a Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball sample. <laughs> which I love. Uh, that's why that's one of my favorite tracks on there as well is because I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan, Dragon Ball in general, that whole thing. He took that and actually made a track out of that. Um, and then on Black Black Balloons Reprise, he took from an Elaine Gorgier, which is a French jazz pianist. So you would never know this shit, but he took a, he took a sample from a track that I can't even pronounce. Ten Etouillet, I think is how it's pronounced. And that's it. That's literally all he uses for samples on these 27 songs, but you would think everything is sampled and it's not. It's just him creating these sounds and being great. Yeah. And having uh, some wonderful musicians on there as well. It's definitely amazing. If you never listened to Flying Lotus, listen to all his shit. I mean, he's, he's crazy. He's along that conversation of your favorite producer's favorite producer. Yeah. Real talk. And I didn't know this, um, but the guy, uh, Kevin Marquise uh, Moo, better known as Daddy Kev, was the mixer, the head mixer and master of this program, <laughs> known as Flamagra, mm-hmm. and uh, he was the founder of Low End Theory. Okay, so that got that's who he got to do his mixing and mastering for him. Yeah, um, the mixing which, and mastering. And speaking of that, amazing. he does uh, kind of shout out Raz G in there too, who just passed this year. So RIP there. Yeah, um, RIP Raz G. Some just dope shit, man. <laughs> Damn, that's another one that we forgot that was in there too that dropped this year. That Raz G. Yeah. <laughs> See, we just be thinking about stuff all the time, man. This is how it goes, man. <laughs> all right. Well, last let's, but not least, album of the year. Album album of the year. Guys on the album of the year tour, like right now as we're recording <laughs> yeah. this. His album is called his tour right now is called Album of the Year Tour. Um, <laughs> and I, I ain't arguing. And especially especially if I'm like face to face with the man, I'm not arguing anything. He says. <laughs> they call him gangster for for one for for real. Um we're t- talking about Freddie Gibbs, bandana, and mad lib. So Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib combined again. Pinata is actually one of my top, I have it somewhere in like the top 20 at least, uh, albums of the decade. So this is the follow-up to that stellar release known as Pinata. This is Bandana. And we've been standing for this since Pinata, like oh, yeah. hard. Yeah, just like I'm already standing for Montana or, or whatever the next one is yeah, called. Yeah, I think it is called Montana. Montana. <laughs> I'm already waiting for it. Like, I'm yeah. in line. So, Mad Lib, easily one of the greatest producers of this generation. It, definitely, I would say top 10 as well. Um, Mad Lib has just taken the form of, of a beast <laughs> and and keeps coming up with some of the most gutter music and he keeps transforming himself everybody used to hate on mad lib a lot thinking that he's super basic just because um he samples a lot of things he uses a lot of old school samples that's just kind of in his sound you know it's kind of the same thing as how they would hate on dj premiere for doing the same thing while dj premiere is strictly samples um mad lib is so much deeper and my respect even grew from for um for him even more out of this album yeah, so it's funny. I think the like this is these are all the beats that Kanye turned away. Yeah, right? so so the story was told. Yes, <laughs> I think that that's Kanye turned down a lot of these. 
So yeah, but but that no more parties in LA beat is fire though. That's the one they did use Kendrick and True. Kanye. True. No more parties in LA. But um, so yeah, and then Freddie wrote all his rhymes in prison when he was falsely accused of rape in Europe. Yep. So what you get here is the Freddie's out of prison and he's hungry, and him and Madlib are ready to take over the world. Yeah. Also, man. the music videos for this album. Also yeah. top notch, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. For Freddie, Freddie also makes really great music videos because they're comical yet funny and tell a story, um, or you know just tell a story. He's a great storyteller in in these songs and in the videos. The videos just just accompany accompany it that much better. And uh, you should definitely check out all of the videos for this album. Um, the Giannis video, hilarious. Um, the most (laughs) recent video that he did was for, um, which track was that again? Which track was that? Uh, Fake names. Was that the, was that the one? What was the one where he did Eddie Kane? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Freddie and the Lords. Yeah. Freddie and the Lords, bro. (laughs) Um, crime pays is probably one of my favorite videos of all year. Um, for sure. I mean, just, just the fact that Freddie, Freddie is like that gangster Coke dude from this era. Like he, he is the Coke rapper. You know, we, we put Pusha T in there as one yeah. of the biggest ones. And we always forget about Freddie Gibbs, but it's hard to forget him when he drops things like this, man. Um, for Freddie the album just, of the year, that's, that's, there's a lot to go into that. And it's, it's just the equal amount of dope production, dope flows, dope features. Everything went very, very well where you can't argue why this is the album of the year. Yeah. This is one of the best rap albums to come out in a couple of years. Um, but from top to bottom, amazing. Freddie just is hungry on this. He's got the bars. He's got the features. Pusha T, Killer Mike, Anderson Pack. Black Thought, Yasin Bey, Madlib at the top of his game here. These guys are just, they're on one right now. They're dialed in. And, um, I, you know, Palm Olive, one of my favorite tracks of the year, for sure. I think Palm Olive might be my favorite move, but it, I can't really put a favorite track, but it's pretty close um, to being my track of the year. Because it's, yeah. it's pretty... Uh, it's pretty crazy, <laughs> but definitely my verse of the year goes to Pusha T on Palm Olive. <laughs> Pusha T on Palm Olive is your favorite verse of the year? Uh, it, man. I mean, it's hard to argue that bar, those bars on there. <laughs> that first verse of flat tummy T though is pretty, goes pretty hard. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, not to sleep on, on Freddie at all for his own album. Yeah, but- cause, cause he, he definitely hung with everybody he had on there. There was no, even the track that he has, he has black thought on this album. Like most people are scared of Tariq. <laughs> Let's be honest. A lot of people <laughs> do not put black thought on their album. Right. How many times do you see black thought as a feature on somebody's album? Not very often because he demolishes people on their tracks and he held his own with black thought. He held his own with most deaf, AKA Yasin Bay, who's also on that track. That's also another close track right behind that education has yeah. to be one of my favorite tracks of the year for sure. Um, cause education, just the bars in it alone. And the fact that it's 
Yasin Bay and Black Thought. <laughs> right. On Mad Lib Beats. With and then Gibbs. follow with Freddie Gibbs on there as well. It just bananas, man. And Freddie goes. And the last. fact that Half Man and and let's just let's just appreciate the fact that Half Man uh Half Main, Half Cocaine is like a trap style beat. Yes. That Mad Lib doesn't touch at all. And everybody wild out was wilding out when everybody heard it at first. They were just like, oh my God, this dude made a trap beat. And it was, it's stupid hard, stupid hard. And he did it on iPad. So that makes it even worse for a lot right. of people because he did it on the iPad. So that means he wasn't trying literally when he made that beat. So uh, Mad Lib is supposedly going to have a busy year next year because he's dropping for sure in January. They announced they're dropping the Professionals album, which is. Uh, Madlib and Ono, his yep. brother. Yep. Then think man, I forgot which dude. One of the Griselda dudes has a Madlib album dropping. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh it's not Conway, is it? Is it West Side Gun? I think it's West Side Gun. Yeah, it's yeah. West Side Gun. Yeah, it's West Side Gun. Wow. Uh and then there's also they said that the new Black Star album is finished. Uh, produced yes. by Madlib as well. Yes. Can you imagine that? Talib and Yasin Bey over on Madlib, Madlib beats? Oh my God. <laughs> it's going to be dirty. I wish they would have dropped that this year just, just to kind of complete the trifecta of, of, you know, having Gangstar drop and, you know, Little Brother getting back mm-hmm. together. Those, you know, those kind, that kind of level. Um, that was even for me last year when we had, we had a Tribe Call Quest come back together and then, Everybody like that, you know, De La Soul dropping an album. You have all these guys dropping albums. So I'm just so excited to have that level because those were like the one, one and done's that never got to do it again. And now we're about to get this second, the second wave. Yeah. And I'm only expecting greatness out of these, but all else aside, when we're talking about albums of the year, um, I just feel like bandana is, is a complete, album top to bottom yeah um, i think so too this album always gets me hype yeah when i put it on uh you know i want to go rob a bank right <laughs> i want to go work out i want to go rob a bank i want to uh do a lot of things when it comes to <laughs> listening to that. i definitely want to go sell drugs <laughs> um i mean that's kind of like where he's going with it for the most part <laughs> i think on this one freddie gibbs established him himself that he needs to be included in any conversation about the best rapper in the game right now. Right. Right. And Um, it kind of sucks that again, and this is where, of course we talk about the Grammys and things like that. Um, There's only so so many spots, but I felt like this album definitely deserved to be in the conversation of album of the year. So it should be up for a Grammy nomination. In my opinion, Um, Mm -hmm. it's probably a little too hard for the white conservatives who vote these albums in. Um, whoever is a part of the, the group or the coalition who does it. And I can't say that. And I'm just talking shit. Cause you know, uh, quest love is actually a part of that. Um, <laughs> the selection group and, and all that as well. But at the same time, um, he didn't get that nod from pinata too. And, and everybody pretty much in the rap game would agree that pinata was probably the best rap album that year that yeah. came out when that came out, um, which was what 2015. And yeah. Now we're looking at 2019 and got Bandana on here. And again, majority of people who are looking at hip hop albums, rap albums, 
it, it's up there. Everybody has it up there. Damn. You know what? That just reminded me too, that we didn't have Fetty on the list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was last year. Was that last year? Yeah, it was on was last that 2018? Year's list. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, but this is rap for people who say that rap th- these days sucks. <laughs> right. Listen to Bandana by Freddie Gibbs and tell me that rap th- these days suck. Right. And not only that, I feel like uh, in the drug user music era, <laughs> he's like the only non-drug user <laughs> who really <laughs> makes shit make sense. Like he's, you know, not to glorify drugs or anything, but man. When you talk about cold-hearted Coke bars, that's what I like to hear. Freddie delivers to the T. And not only that, when he talks about some of the stories like fake names, fake names is, yo, one of the best storytelling songs, especially of this year, for sure. Um, yeah. Talking about the, the, you know, some of the scandals that he he had to deal with, you know, growing up in the game. Um, all that. Uh, I, I don't know how else to put it. This is just one of the best. Oh, situations, situations is dope as shit. Um, yeah. What else can you say, man? If you have not Amazing. listened to this album, please, please, please do yourself a favor or any of the albums, really, any of the albums that we've listed. If you have not listened to the, any of those mm-hmm. albums, please take a moment for yourself. Do something good for yourself. It's, it's about as good as drinking water every day. <laughs> Go ahead and listen to these albums um, because we definitely gave you gems. Um, Polly, do you have any discrepancies on your list? No, nah, man. I mean, what your discrepancies are, or you just have pretty much the same tracks, but just in different orders, possibly. I would probably have them in different order. Um, one album, really, that I would probably have in my top 10 that I don't think we even talked about, though, uh, was Salt 5. Salt okay. is spelled S-A-U-L-T. This is another one that kind of took me off guard. And I only discovered this one probably, you know, a month ago. So November sometime. Um, right. But nobody really knows who Salt is. I think Cleo Soul. She's an up and coming young R&B soul singer. Right. Uh, she has writing credits on it. And uh, that's about all we know about it. But they dropped <laughs> two albums, Salt 5 and Salt 7. S A U L T. So check them out too if you haven't. But yeah, um, really, really dope album as well. Yeah, but really, um, some great albums this year. So definitely check them out. Definitely check out Craftmatics uh, list at takethantidote.com. Uh, we yeah, check it. Check them all out. Yep. <laughs> what else could you say about it? The poly's probably lost for words, man. This was actually really hard. This is this is actually really hard to come up with when we talk about these albums because we are very um I feel like we're very music centric. And again, this is for us. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of other albums out there that people enjoy a lot more in different genres and things like that. Yeah, um we don't that we necessarily much. don't click with a thousand percent. Yeah, and we don't listen to yeah. necessarily pop music. Right. Or top so like, 40. Yeah, so when we're talking about our 10 or, you know, our top 50, we're going to 5 to 90, 90 to 95% of these people aren't like your top 40 artists who are going to be always listed on a top 200 um, chart or anything like that. They may briefly pop up in there, but then they'll disappear again because just people don't know enough about them. But literally uh, across the board, they have a lot of really good music. 
Um, and there are so many more that, that are not on this list. I may just drop all hundred for you. Um, <laughs> cause I'm definitely gonna have to have my honorable mention list just because of how much is out there. Um, but literally all these, all these artists, man, it, it, this was just a fantastic year for music. Um, I haven't been so excited. The last few years have really made me super excited about music again. Uh, just because there was so, there was such a, a low period kind of in the early 2010s yeah. in the middle, I think, cause I've, as I was actually studying for, you know, what I would name my top 50 albums of the decade, um, the top half is actually super light when it comes to what I would throw in there, um, without, you know, necessarily having to go full pop or anything like that. You've got to have the Beyonce's and Drake's and the Adele's and shit like that. But <clears throat> honestly, like 21 is not going to sit with me like how some of these albums did even for the 2019. So, you know, just take that into account We're we're somewhat biased into our own sounds, but we do push a lot of different sounds. Like we have house albums in there. We have, um, alternative in there. We have Neo soul in there. We have R and B, we have hip hop. Um, we have funk. We have a lot of those things that kind of go into that. Um, so we're all across the spectrum, but just not as much as some people are going to want to want us to possibly be, but whatever. That's why we have our own show. motherfuckers. <laughs> I hope y'all like the list though, man. Um, welcome back to the antidote crew, man. Me and yeah. Polly Dubs, we back in this bitch. Holler at us on uh, Twitter. I'm at Antidote Polly. Let me know what your favorite album of the year was. Yeah, man, give us give them some of your albums and what you think. We would love to have a discussion with you and tell you why you're wrong. No, I'm playing. <laughs> no, we we definitely genuinely like to hear other people's opinions on why. Just make sure you come with some good facts because we're gonna bounce those back off of you <laughs> and kind of question some of those things. But I know we look for musicianship and um, just the realness, the vibe, the connectivity that it can connect to you and all of the above. So, I mean, just, just come with some good shit, but we want to have those conversations. Uh, check out the Instagram page, take the antidote. Um, go to take the antidote.com. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much it, man. Stay tuned. Season two coming. Yeah. Season two. We're going to kick off in January, yo. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. Uh, so yeah, y'all, y'all stay tuned. Thank y'all for checking out this episode and yeah, we'll holla at y'all next time. Please subscribe. Please leave us a five-star review. Take the antidote.com.